Welcome to Health Matters, Sonoma's weekly program devoted to health and well-being. Each week through interviews, editorials, and listener participation, we will explore topics and issues of contemporary medicine and its relationship to the lifestyles of our community. Our goal is to provide you with information and resources to help you achieve and maintain what you deserve, a happy, healthy, and productive life. I'm your host, Dr. Ned Hoke, a veteran in natural methods healthcare, speaking with you today from Sonoma Valley, California, for an hour of health topic digestion and discussion. Please stay with us. And welcome back to Health Matters. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Today's program is built around two different I, I, two different items. Uh, our first guest will be um, uh, Tara Walsh, and she's written a book called Soul Courage, Watch What Happens. There, and our, the last part of our program, we'll be talking to um, Tan, uh, Taylor McCandless. We'll be talking about a, a program this very evening at the Vintage House, which is basically a advanced directive workshop. So for people who have not filled out advanced directives, this is, could be an important evening for you because um, Chip Allen and uh, Robbie, Dr. Robbie Cohen and uh, Taylor Canlis will be at the Vintage House at between 6.30 and 8, having a conversation on the, the usefulness and the necessity of advanced directives. So there's an attorney, there's a physician, there's a social worker person. Then, and so for a lot of people who have questions, it would be a good time to check that out. And uh, like I say, Taylor will be with us late in the program today here on Health Matters, but she'll also be again at the Vintage House this evening, as will Chip Allen and Dr. Robbie Cohen at 630. So that'll be a conversation then. But before that, we'll be joined by uh, Tara Janelle Walsh and her book called Soul Courage. And this is uh, not maybe to everyone's taste, but uh, this is a, a, a deep personal story about a, trans, a personal um, personal transformation. It's um, There's a you that you may have never experienced. It's fairly widely understood that life is about more than the experiences of the body and mind, but takes a special commitment to engage one's soul in day-to-day -day encounters. Those willing to make th this remarkable choice can raise the vibration of every one of those encounters, even their momentary and seemingly insignificant exchanges with others, to a level that touches the heart of every uh, of our very reason for being alive, allowing us to come alive in ways that utterly transform our entire entire journey on the earth. Sounds like a quite a quite a quite a promise. Uh, knowing this is one thing. Knowing how to do it is another. There are no schools offering courses in soul connection, and in teaching how to express ourselves from a state of being that arises far beyond the limits of the mind. Another interesting promise. There is now, however, a more clearly articulated path and process which has the potential to be some of the most enriching experiences of our life. Tara Janelle Walsh tells us it takes soul courage, and we are assured the rewards can be extraordinary, changing for the better all the rest of our days. Again, the book is Soul Courage. Tara Janelle Walsh will be with us shortly. And as we do often in Health Matters, what we do is I start to read some of the text so we get used to the uh, nature of the uh, author's presentation. So if you'll bear with me as I open this particular book, we'll start 
in the beginning, as we often do. It's, uh, it's, it's a book of several parts. It's uh, quite a handsome, small uh, volume. It's 238 pages. Um, and the, uh, again, for our listeners, this is, like I say, maybe not the taste every, to everyone, but, uh, but for those who enjoy this conversation, please stay tuned. Um, it starts out with the contents are um, the sacred formula one is solitude, solitude, excuse me. Sacred formula tool is soul render. The uh, sacred formula three is socialize. And the guides to accomplish these things are willingness, vulnerability, and gratitude. And our, the last guide, or no, the second to the last guide is intention, and the fifth guide is presence. And she writes uh, with a lot of personal verve. She starts out at the very, the very beginning. She starts out, who are you? And the you is very big part on that. Do you know? I mean, really know who you are? As in, who's behind the curtain, past your thoughts, underneath your skin, deep inside? Beyond your desires and joys, beyond your, and below your deepest pain. Beyond your desires and joys, um, the real you. Not what you look like, how old you are, how much you weigh. Not what job you have, how smart you are, or what you pay, or what they pay. Not your upbringing, how wise you are, or what you've learned. Not what happened to you, how brave you are, or how you've been burned. Not even who you hope to be, or your future goals and dreams. The you that existed before you even took your very first breath. That's your soul, and here's our guest. Welcome to Health Matters. Thank you for joining us today. Hi there. How are you? Well, so far so good. <laughs> we we uh, we we just uh, we just had a few lines in your book. I'm assuming I'm speaking to Tara. This is Tara. Yeah. Well, good. Tara, and you and are you called? Are they call you Tara Janelle, or do they just call you Tara? Well, my first name is Tara Janelle. Um, my friends and family call me Tara just as a nickname. Uh huh. So. Yeah, it's uh, but your it's students, both. the students call you Tara Janelle. Yeah, Tara Janelle, yes, Janelle. like Marianne. Okay, oh, I see. Okay, I, I, it, and it's pronounced. The last day is pronounced Walsh. Yes, yes. Walsh. Walsh, exactly. Sounds German. Achtung. So anyway, <laughs> um, we started out just with a few of your words, and of course we said, you know, who are you? And we began, which is of course the famous question of Ramana Maharshi, and 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 and. Indian saints from millennia, and it's the question of, you know, many psych, psych, psychologies and, and many uh, philosophical discussions. It's a, it's a very poignant place to start. So let's start with who are you, uh, Jan uh, Tara Janelle, and let's talk a little bit about your background and how it is that you've written this deeply personal uh, memoir and also... Um, uh, well, I don't know quite know how to characterize it. So let's let's start with a little bit about your background and and how it is you found yourself writing such a book as this. Great. Um, right now, are we? We're on. We're happening. We're on. <laughs> okay. We're no, happening right this minute. <laughs> yeah, we're happening right this minute. Right now. So who am I? I I'm a soul that is just trying to figure it all out and uh -huh. just trying to feel my way through this journey. 
And um, how I, in fact, discovered that was what I call life's most important realization. It's, it's that moment when we just kind of get it, when it just all clicks and we realize, oh, my God, life is something to do with. Maybe it doesn't have anything to do with, but life is not about, you know, how much money I make or, you know, how thin I am or how many children I have or don't have. That there's so much more going on and that I'm not my body, Hmm. you know, not even my mind, that I'm actually a soul living in the vehicle of a physical body. So I, I realized that I came upon that. Oh gosh, about 20, in, in 97, when I uh, had a severe depression and um, eating disorder for about seven years. Mm. And it took me to a really deep and dark place. Mm. And I was hospitalized, and um, I just really came out of it all viewing life differently, viewing myself differently, seeing and feeling the energy around me and the people in the world completely differently. Mm. And um, something I noticed is that a commonality is that over half the world, I mean, I would gamble to say maybe even 85, 90% of the world seemed to be doing what I had been doing for years on end before I was hospitalized. And that is using one thing or another to numb out, mm-hmm. to hide, to protect, to, you know, just steer clear from feeling and really being engaged and present in the world. And when I discovered that, I I thought I had stumbled upon the world's biggest treasure. You know, I you know I was in such a raw state coming out of the hospital. I was just like, wait a minute, really? Because all this was like fresh in my in my head and my mind. And I just thought, could, could, really, could it be that all we need is a little bit more feeling in the world, a little more expressing? All you need is love. All you need is love. You know, I mean, that, there we it, go. It, John it, Lennon had it right. right. It sounds like uh, sounds like you got the message. You know, uh, you know, and of course, I think you would probably agree, uh, or at least I imagine you might agree, that that the people who have had the sort of transformative experience that you've described, and certainly, um, I would suspect also that you would agree that that uh, this is not. But, you know, incredibly uncommon for people to, you know, go into the valley of the darkness and then come out on the other side and suddenly uh, having been unburdened of whatever that awful feeling or that awful self-perception or whatever, whatever that whatever that the, the, the basis of that was. And, and, and you, you, you have a bunch of thoughts about how that is. That, that then they come out and they have these fresh eyes. And so you, you like, like many, have had these fresh eyes. So how did it happen that you took those fresh eyes then and translated it into this, it, it, I, I don't know at all how to, I, I was wondering how to characterize it. It's, it's almost like a personally described religious path, you might, one, might, one might say, uh, without trying to put words in your mouth, but uh, or spiritual path, or it's it's sort of a mixture of the awakening of the of the of the existential self of the of the mystical uh, center of hum, of hu, of human opportunity. So there's a, there's a lot of pieces to this that are used with different words in different ways. But how was it that you developed or chose to develop? And maybe this is too too balky a question, but that you chose to develop the language that you did. I mean, how, how, how were you drawn in that direction? The language such as? 
Well, your 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 whole presentation, at least as I I didn't read every word, but you're you're describing a path of of awakening. To mm -hmm. me, you're describing a path of self-examination and discovery. I mean, these are these are common human steps of of development, really. And you've identified them in a sort of striking way with the language that you use. And yet, these are um, I don't want to call them ordinary because they're extraordinary in the sense of their their the depth, and they're they're extraordinary in the sense of their opportunity for human development and for the human awakening kind of thing. But at the same time, it's it, it's a it's a it's a what seems to me to be I, I mean perhaps I should identify myself a little bit. I, I came to California in 1967 and kind of went through kind of an experience like you described. I didn't go to I mean the hospital I went to was a place called Esalen Institute in Big Sur and studied things that took me to many of the places that you write about. And so I mean I I've had that experience and I you, I've read and that took me to reading the the development of, of um, religious teachers, spiritual teachers, and, and, and personal narratives such as you right here. Um, so this is, a, I won't call it a well-worn path exactly, but it's not an unfamiliar uh, process. So, mm -hmm. I, so I was curious, in your case, how did you, what took you to become a public voice for this? Maybe that's a better way of asking the question. How did you become a public voice to this particular journey? I, I suppose, some of us, I just, I just felt passionate about it. Uh -huh. When I had discovered um, what I now dub as the sacred formula, mm -hmm. which is feel, express, connect. Mm -hmm. When I discovered that profound simplicity, mm -hmm. if you will, you know, the, the, the simplest thing ever, like, oh, if I do the thing called feeling all of my feelings, whatever mm -hmm. they are, if they're mm -hmm. blissful, if they're angry, if they're sad, if they're worrisome, if they're excited, and I express them, you know, from the deepest place inside me, either to mm -hmm. another or to myself or to life, that's where the connection is. Uh -huh. When I stumbled upon that aha, that uh, that clarity, that somehow understanding, I just clicked. Something just clicked, and I just said, well, I, I've got it. This is. I was just passionate about it. I've got to do uh -huh. something about uh -huh. it. I uh -huh. wanted to say, but that sounds <laughs> a little strange. But well, I, I no, must carry you... this torch. It's not just for my own self. You right, know, I right. have, I want to support this. Well, if you're doing, if you're talking about connecting, you know, that deep connection within yourself you just described to that awakening, uh, it's it's absolutely normal that that then you would want to connect, you know, in the broader context, as as it were. So, so that makes perfect sense to me. Um, and so. And and yet, as as I read what you've written, you you've chosen to, it seems to me, to remain in what I would call personalized language. Is that would that be fair? In other words, it, you're not referencing the teachings of others. You're not tying it to other than in a very general sense. In other words, gratitude is a is a is a um, is a commonality. It's something that we that we all share together so it's a language of, 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 of fellowship vulnerability is a language of commonness but at the same time again you've developed a this is a well i don't perhaps i keep banging on this drum and maybe not sensibly but it's a, you've, it seems to me you've you've brought um your unique language to this which of course it makes perfect sense but let's let's get into the text a little bit you say that um and you say most of, most of humanity seems to roll from generation to generation just living without any interest in solving the riddles. Talk about what you mean by saying that. 
I, I just noticed that, you know, you look around and so few people really have even ever asked themselves the question, who am I? Right. <laughs> Let alone, why am I here? Right. I mean, especially this generation, mm. you know, but I mean, even your generation and mine, but the younger generation, forget it. They got their phones in there and their heads in their phones and, mm. you know, on Facebook every, you know, all day and so forth. So, the thought when I look upon the masses and humanity, mm-hmm. that's probably another reason why you know you're asking why you why would you run with it? I mean, so many people have this experience. What mm-hmm. what led you to do something about it? Mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge empath. I I don't. I mean, I guess I'm going to put myself in that box. I didn't even know what that was called when I was younger. Right. I would just cry when I saw someone else cry. Mm-hmm. I would get goosebumps when I would see something happen. Mm-hmm. I would just feel what other people felt, and I just had this great feeling for mm-hmm. humanity, and it was almost like I could not do something, whatever mm-hmm. that was. And I didn't start out writing a book. I, I started out, you know, for the last 12 years, I've had a greeting card company that I, you know, that was my first attempt to do something, to right. try and reach out and help people to express their feelings and to support others in, you know, feeling the feelings and create a connection. And I did that for years. And and, and you're still doing and, it. I still do, yeah. yeah and give give our list, give our listeners for, who, who may want to jump online and just see what what that's about. Give us give us give them your your website if you would, so they could. Oh, the it. web, yeah, the website is soulcourage.com. dot uh-huh. and my greeting card line that I've been in business for twelve years now actually is called Soulabrate, just mm-hmm. like it sounds celebrate, but mm-hmm. Soulabrate, S O U L E B R A T E, and um, so I started doing that just as a means of. Almost, you know, I, I want to just almost say, like, curing my own empathic self. Like, I, like, having, wanting to give back, wanting to heal. I don't even know what. It sounds pretentious when I say it's healed. Not, I don't believe that I, one person can, but wanting to just do something, right. you know? Well, I can, I certainly can identify with that myself. And, and the, the, um, you know, the man lives lives of quiet desperation, kind of that image that, that is in the, in, not in the minds maybe so much of the young, but certainly those of us who are somewhat older and, and have you know, been through many things from the late 40s through the, ter- the current time. Um, but you're, you're saying that life's agenda is bigger than you think, which of course is, again, a, a, a wonderful, uh, encouraging and, and, and prospering idea. And you say that and you make a lot out of feeling. And one of the things I celebrate about your book and when I started it and, and looked at it, one of the things that you learn in, in the kind of therapy that I've been involved in is that it's deeply, it, it deeply teaches and sort of insists that one examine one's feelings as the centerpiece of one's self-discovery and using, using feeling um, um, means to arrive at a different kind of truth than and that, that one has if one you know has one plays one's role or one plays out one's persona but one's use just feeling and you make a lot out of that so talk about about how we you know that, that you in fact you even say and i don't sure i'll say this perfectly but you say that we're that our body is actually here to so that our soul can feel itself maybe you could unwrap some of that for us and and when when we come back from our actually we need to take a little break here we have a um i know i'm a, i'm sorry i'm 
two minutes early, forgive me, but in a couple of minutes. But yeah, to unwrap that business about we're, we're a soul and we're <laughs> having a body and, and this body is, okay. is here to feel what the soul is so the soul knows itself. Talk about that a little bit, if you would. Okay, you just told them, but I'll repeat what you just said. <laughs> well, in your own way, I, mean, I used your words as best I could, but I know that I'm stumbling, I'm know. stumbling through it. You I, know? I'm teasing you. Um, Te- tease yeah, me. I, you know, I believe that, you know, I scratched my head and I, I cried and I wrote and I did all the things that we all do when we get into that dark space and sure. we move into our self-discovery. And, you know, the whole like, well, why? Why am I here? What's it all about, Alfie? This mm-hmm. whole thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, the only thing that I could come up with is that that at a soul level, because I believe, you know, I mean, a lot of people don't believe we're souls. So mm-hmm. that's a whole different chapter or right. book, rather. Right. But I believe we are souls and that at a conceptual level, we know all there is to know. We know everything that there is to know at one time, mm-hmm. somehow. That's just the magic of it, is what I believe. It's the unknown part. But the reason that we come into physical physicality is so that we may have the experience of mm-hmm. all that we know conceptually. Mm-hmm. Because we can't experience it when we're in soul form, when we're mm-hmm. just in soul form. We know it. We even know what maybe it is supposed to be like when you experience it. But to actually have the full experience of it, to feel it, mm-hmm. we have to be in a physical body. Mm-hmm. And so that is my belief of why we're actually souls in the vehicle of our physical body, mm-hmm. that we can feel all of it. And that's and it makes perfect sense to me because so that we can feel everything, not just the good stuff, right. you know, not just the pain either, but the yeah. whole gamut of it. And that's our, and, yeah. and, and are, are you saying that that's our charge for being here? In other words, that's, that's what we're here to do. I, well, I, I believe that we're here to really experience oneness, right. to remember that there's no separation, right. and that by feeling and then, you know, and then ex- expressing, we feel that connection. Mm-hmm. And we feel that connection so deeply with ourselves that we can see ourselves and another and another ourselves. And we feel the connection with others that we just get it. We go, oh my God. Even if we don't agree with them, mm-hmm. we still feel a connection. Almost always, when we feel when we express ourselves and and have that kind of relationship, and such with life and nature, and we're just like, wow, okay, I get it. Have you ever had that feeling? Sure. And and what's interesting to me is that if there's a Jewish tradition, in the Hasidic tradition, as I believe it is, where there's a there's a there's a realm called the Kether, which is actually lives above the head, and that it's like the soul that then comes down into the body and feels just almost exactly the same thing as you said. So it for for me in a Jewish tradition, at least as I heard the teacher tell me, it sounds almost this almost like the very same story. And 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 I guess what I what's what's striking to me is is that you. Uh, encourage us to make as much as you do to the feeling realm so that we literally can partake in the transformative process that you've that you're sort of encouraging us to do but you say there's a little there's a little hang up ladies and gentlemen there's a thing called fear and so uh, so <laughs> so now we can take our break and when we come back we're talking to Tara Janelle Walsh about her book Soul Courage please stay with us and you too Tara I will be back with you in just a moment 
Cowboy Camp 2016 is the signature fundraising event for Teen Services Sonoma, and it's just around the corner. This fun-filled country casual event provides all the essential ingredients like great music, country-style barbecue, beverages aplenty, and the opportunity to support the amazing work of Teen Services Sonoma. Don't miss Cowboy Cab June 4th from 6 to 10 p.m. at the historic Sonoma Barracks, 36 East Spain Street in downtown Sonoma. For more information and tickets, go to Teen Services Sonoma. Sonoma.org. Programming for KSVY is brought to you in part by Body Best Collision Center, Larbray Automotive, and Tina Schoen, Broker Associate, Sotheby's, Krista Granton Insurance Services. And welcome back to Health Matters. Dr. Nuthok today joined by Tara Walsh, um, Tara Janelle Walsh, in her book called Soul Courage, Watch What Happens. Now, we We've gotten now to the word courage, which of course is part of the title. And you, you've got a lot to say about courage, as obviously it's in the title, but sort of help us into the world of understanding your feeling about that, the, you, and well, just to say it simply, you say for many, the lack of courage, specifically soul courage, is the, is the challenge before us. So maybe you, in a, in, in, just for the first go around on that, help us sort of get a sense of the contours of that, of that statement. Well, you know, I I believe that we, in our human form, are scared. That a lot that uh, I, I almost want to say everyone, but that we live in fear, right? And that we we fear, particularly, what it is that we one of the things that we came here to experience, mm. uh, feeling and feeling connected and one with everyone and mm. the intimacy of that. And so, and that scares us because it's unknown what's mm. going to happen. Mm. And so, for me, it takes a lot of courageousness to be able to step into not even things that seem maybe they're seemingly scary or uncomfortable or difficult or that might someone might think take regular courage, but even things that might be exciting or celebratory. If you'll notice, I mean, I notice this even in myself. To, to this day, I catch myself hesitating sometimes before a big celebration, like, oh, I'm too scared to get too excited. You know, what's that? You know, and then, of course, now I have so much awareness around it that I stop and I breathe and I just go into the jumping up and down and, you know, feeling and express it. But before I even have that awareness, like half the world, we're just cork it up. We cork it up. Mm-hmm. We just don't want to feel it. Mm-hmm. So, I believe that when we step into our courageousness and and allow ourselves surrender to expressing it, you know, and feeling it, then that is where the connection is found. And but it takes soul courage, mm-hmm. is what I say. Mm-hmm. And the good thing is, is that we all have soul courage. Mm-hmm. Everyone has soul courage, mm-hmm. and I believe. Then I make a statement that clear and that that just divine because. I believe that we're all born with it. Hmm. Babies have it. When you see a baby, and they don't, they have nothing going on in their mind. They haven't been trained by society or their elders to, you know, be seen, not heard, or keep your mouth shut, or don't embarrass yourself or us, or any of the things <laughs> that we've been, right. you know. <laughs> all, all those, they're, uh, they're naked. All, that, all that shaming, all that shaming that we got, that, you know, that, was, right. that, that was supposed to be training, but they really, they could have just called it shaming right off the bat, you know, but they, they, they made us, they made us, they made us kind of work, work to understand that. Well, 
you 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 sort of suggest that that the that that you know sort of dare to be yourself is is again just a huge huge part. But of course, I'm sure. You, but you also acknowledge that you recognize that 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 a lot of people out there are not willing to create the social space for for the the welcoming, let's say, of this of this full fully realized and expressive being. So help our listeners understand what this, you know what what's the what's the one two three of it. I mean, it's, you're, are you saying that that our that our basic possibility is to sort of work with you and teachings of people like you and, and within ourselves and and somehow within our the, the combustibleness of our own nature we can pull all this together but you're then saying we have we have a team to work with and so how, how how do we work this into how do we work this this opportunity into our social life i mean how do we how do we coexist with the larger world and still be true to the path that you're inviting us on well, first off, I don't say that anyone needs to work with me. I, I just wrote my thoughts out and mm-hmm. I'm sharing them. And if someone gets benefit from them, then good golly, please use it as a guide if it can help you in any way. Okay. Um, but um, And I'm definitely here to be on the cheerleader of anyone that has questions mm-hmm. and so forth. Mm-hmm. But I certainly don't claim to be any sense of... Um, higher, you know, knowingness, knowing more than anyone else, but Mm -hmm. more of a reminder, you Mm -hmm. know, this is what came to me. This is what I, my aha was. This is the kind of stuff that's flooding out of my hands when I'm writing, Mm -hmm. and I just want to share. And if it makes sense to you, and if you feel it, if, if you, if you try and live through this, or even if you have lived through this and you identify with it as you read it, um, carry on. Because I think this may be the way to some some more sense of sanity and light and understanding. Right. Um, and when I refer to a soul team, which I do at the end, is mm-hmm. uh, I'm basically reminding everyone we don't have to do it all alone. Mm-hmm. You know, for so many years growing up, I, <clears throat> you know, I, and I think this is why a lot of people go through hardship. Mm-hmm. I. I think I went even fell even into my hardship because I felt so alone mm-hmm. with everything. And, you know, that's when we turn to things like food or drugs or cigarettes or overworking or gambling or anything that can be a resistance technique and, and distract us from ourselves mm-hmm. and others. And it, it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, and, and there's no saying that we won't be lonely but as we all heard many times in the years, it, there's a difference between being alone and lonely. And so we don't have to be. And so that's why I encourage people to just mentally gather their soul team, because I believe everyone has the people in their life that they connect with and they resonate with, and we're always meeting new people and, and building on that every day and sometimes dropping off some people. But people that we, we don't even know why, but we resonate with on much more of a level than just having fun and a couple beers with and, and a good time. You know, mm-hmm. there's something mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. almost like a soul contract. Mm-hmm. So to to readily use that, and I say use in the kindest way, not in the abuse way, but in the way of reach out to those who we hold dearly in that space of our heart and know that we have that connection with and allow them to reach out to us and continue to allow that to be part of getting through life. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, well, I want our listeners to have a chance to have a visit with you should they choose to have a question. So our call-in number, I'm assuming you're, you'll, I'm assuming you'll be willing to take a question or two if you... If I'll try. <laughs> okay. Well, our call-in number is 707-933-913. I just want to let our listeners know we have about uh, another seven or eight minutes uh, with Tara. So if you did have a question or this has touched you in some way, you, you want to express something to, to our audience and to Tara Janelle, please give us a call, 707-933-9133. Now, you, to, to come back to your th- wonderful three-part formula, feel, express, connect, let's break down the architecture of, little, of that a little bit and so show us how, how, how substantially, that's sort of an action formula, I would call it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the feeling aspect of it is when we can give ourselves, when we're aware enough to be able to give ourselves the distinction, the clarity around the distinction between feeling consciously mm-hmm. and unconsciously. So that would be the first step. And a lot of us, I'm probably preaching to the choir for a lot of listeners right now, because most of us that are on the path are already um, 75% at least feeling consciously. Um, but in the beginning, that would be the first thing to, to distinguish. And to also, when we feel consciously, to be able to understand what it is we are feeling, to identify our feelings, to not just, you know what I mean, to not just as a child does, and I've done a million times in my life, just, because right. you have a triggered reaction, right. you know, right. but to to be able to understand and identify where the feeling is coming from, still wet it out if we want, if mm-hmm. that's where it's coming from, or raw it out, whatever, but to know what our energy is moving with, mm. be conscious of the entire process. And which, which is a great big piece. I mean, I, should, we, 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 I think we both would agree that that, that is a huge step, and it's a, a hugely worthy step, and, and I, 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 by the way, I... Of all of the things that you've said or that I've read here, that one of the things I myself celebrate your book for is is the the stand that you take about that that business of embracing that understanding and that that knowledge. But anyway, I'm interrupting your flow here. But I just wanted to jump in and say that's a wonderful um, place to start. Yeah, thank you. Um, and a, a lot of times when we're starting. I find that it's helpful, even to this day, even though I haven't started, but to just intermittently throughout life, give ourselves what I call solitude. Mm-hmm. And it's just what it sounds. It's not solitude, solitary confinement, mm-hmm. confinement, you know. It's solitude, being alone with ourselves and, you know, listening from within. So that can, you know, take the look of many things. That can be sitting out on the back deck with a cup of tea and just listening to the breeze and really identifying how we're feeling. Are we feeling grateful for life? Are we feeling worried about the interview that we have at 310 on Thursday? Are we feeling, you know, what are we feeling in that moment? Are we excited, you know, and, and to just soak in it, soak in it, you know, soak it up, just feel into it. Um, and uh, that can be done, like I said, in, in many ways, you know, walking around, taking hikes, even just laying in bed and just allowing ourselves that space. But it doesn't always have to look like such a, an event, you know. Mm-hmm. It even can just be, you know, having a consciousness around it, mm-hmm. as we were discussing earlier. Yes. So that is some of the importance of the feeling 
I believe there's much more in there, but I know sure. we're on a time limit. You said seven minutes a minute ago. That's why I'm talking fast. Well, don't you know, oh. don't don't hurry. But we do have a little. <laughs> but I mean, I because so, I think you you've got this triumphant the the feel express connect pi- picture, and and you've you've woven it together uh, so thoughtfully in your book. So I guess I want to be sure that we have time to touch substantially in both in all three of those with all okay. the meaning of all three of those words. Okay, so then, but after we have identified our feelings and we feel it, mm-hmm. um, it's going to do no good to keep it trapped inside. But, well, but believe me, we've all done it, and it doesn't feel good, and we see people all over the place that don't do it. And that's where the express comes in, because mm-hmm. it's one thing to feel your emotions, but a different thing to engage them through expression. And to, uh, you know, we all heard that, you know, ener- uh, emotions are energy in motion. Right. But to allow that energy out of our body, to continue the flow of energy in its cycle, in its circle of natural, the naturalness of it. So to express those feelings, as I was saying, you know, a little bit ago, however that comes out. So it, it, could, we, we, maybe, it, it could be crying, it could be writing, like as you do, it could be writing your this book, it could be... Being in, being with uh, in any any number of different different social contexts. So, uh, just to step in for a second, now this was we, you know, given that the world is not necessarily always ready to receive our expression, I say something a little bit about we're in that express zone. Let's talk about how how do you help people or how do you advise people or how do you do you yourself uh, choose to. Uh, to you know, in terms of the location or the timing and those kinds of things, because that's a lot of the things that people will say. Well, gosh, I, I I'd express, but it isn't it isn't appropriate for that situation. Or how do you help people na- help yourself as well navigate the the appropriateness or the, uh, the timeliness of expression? To talk a little bit about how you sort of sort that one out. Okay, well, I think that the appropriateness that that whole Theme or game that we have running in our head right. has been exaggerated. Uh-huh. I think we hide. I think we, That's we an excuse. hide behind that. That's an excuse, right? right. Yes, uh, it's an excuse to suppress, or maybe not to suppress, but that's usually what happens when we put that excuse out. We go, oh, just gulp our feelings down. Right. This is not appropriate, you know. Okay, right. Um, more often than not, as aware as I become around this process, I've realized not only is it appropriate in situations that I used to think it wasn't, uh-huh. however, it, that it healed the moment. Right. Whereas the moment could have gone cold and there could have been an elephant in the room and it could have been another week or a month before that opportunity arose to heal that. Uh huh. So you're you're so, really, you're 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 voting for express. I mean, and in, in very plain terms. Now, because again, we're getting to be close to the end here. So talk about connect, if you would, please. So when we find, you know, when we have this identification of those feelings and we feel them and we express them, mm-hmm. as I said earlier, there's no way there can't be a connection. There's just no way. I mean, I've thought about it, and I've thought about it under and over on the side. And even if we're alone, mm. we're connecting with life itself, the divine, God, whatever you want to call it, you know, we're connecting with our soul. Mm-hmm. Our physical is connecting, and our mind and our body are connecting with our soul and nature. And if we're with other people, even more so. And as I said, even if it's not this 
beautiful outcome, we're still making a connection mm-hmm. with other people. And you're and you're 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 reminding us how vital that is, and how much that really is what life is for. As, as I think, as I think you're saying, right? Absolutely, right. that's what I believe. The whole reason that our agenda is, is right. to ha- feel it, have that connection, feel it, right. and to feel the oneness that we have with each other in life and ourselves. Now, our just a couple words on soul mission, if you would. Uh, there, those soul missions in the book are just my idea of giving someone that after they read a chapter, mm-hmm. if they want to take it into their real life, because I've read so many books and. Sometimes, it, you know, reading them is fun, but then you're like, all right, now how do I apply this to life? So right. I thought, well, right. I'm going to just put a couple soul missions at the end of a couple chapters that I think are important. And if someone wants to, I'll give them the opportunity to, like, you know, if, should they choose to accept, as I say. You know, <laughs> I, I, I love that, yeah. I should, <laughs> this mission, should you accept it? Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, to just try it out, you right, know. Here's right. some ideas of how I believe that you could experiment or experience this. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah, and then I go into, with the Connect, I go into what I call socialize, mm-hmm. which is just what it sounds like, socializing on a soulful level. And I, I give a list of guides that I believe will enhance someone's connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they are uh, a ch- uh, willingness, vulnerability, gratitude, intention, and presence, all, all very uh, poignant and uh, f- feeling, feeling full states, which, mm-hmm, of course, mm-hmm. uh, that's the, what, one of the great joys of your book is it's, it's so feelingful. And, and I really do celebrate that, that gift that you've given us in terms of taking us back to the feelings and, and, and validating that in the way that you have. So Tara Janelle Walsh, thank you so much for taking some time for us today on Health Matters. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Great. Well, best of luck okay. to you. All righty. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. So there we are with our guest for that. And we're hoping in just a couple of minutes that uh, Taylor McCandless will call and, and visit with us. But I was so I am so pleased that uh, uh, Tara Janelle was able to spend the time with us. Uh, and again, her soul, her greeting card, what, what a nice way to to begin a, a, a spiritual journey is to write, th- write them things down and put them on cards and, and, and make a, a journey out of that. And it, it's a really humble way of beginning a sort of a spiritual path, if you will. And uh, it's a lovely little book. It's um, uh, quite a lovely color as well. And, and, and it's in the body, mind, spirit area. It's, um, See, it's uh, Ridgeview Ridgeview Books. It's, it's is it a 2016 or no, 2015 copyright? So anyway, um, what a pleasure to have her with us. So while we're waiting for uh, Taylor McCandless to join us, um, I want to mention uh, also at Snow Valley Hospital, upcoming and next week we'll be able to talk to Christine Marcus, who will be telling us about her mindful movement movement dance class that begins the. 22nd of April on Fridays, uh, I believe at 11.30, and uh, it's, uh, and here's our guest. Welcome to Health Matters. Thank you for joining us. Hi, this is Taylor McCandless calling about the planning ahead event tonight at yes, Finito. Yes, ma'am. Well, we were just getting all set to welcome you, and now we do. So, uh, uh, 
is it Dr. McCandless, or should we call you Taylor, or how should I'm a so, I'm a social worker. You can call me Taylor. Okay. Well, Taylor, uh, I was asked you to join us today because I I wanted our listeners to have the opportunity to, if they didn't happen to see it advertised in various places about this this meeting this evening between 6:30 and and 8 o'clock that you've just come from. You just there was an earlier Great. version of that meeting, and maybe you could just lay out the contours of what this meeting is and kind of what it's about, and give our listeners a, a feeling for why they might want to take advantage of the opportunity to to visit with you this evening between 6:30 and 8 at the Vintage House. I'm happy to do that. It's. Uh... It's Sonoma's recognition of National Healthcare Decisions Day, which is actually the 16th of April, mm. which hearkens to uh, the quote, you can't avoid death and taxes. <laughs> so that's right. the National Healthcare Decisions Day. We're uh, organizing events today. We did an afternoon session, and we're always hearing that it's difficult for folks to make business hour events. Mm. So we also are including an evening session from 6.30 to 8. It's a panel discussion. The theme for National Healthcare Decisions Day this year is it always seems too early until it's too late. Mm. And on this panel um, are people that are willing to, to talk about it in a um, you know fairly personal style with a lot of experience. There's Dr. Cohen from Sonoma Valley Hospital. There's myself. I'm a social worker with Healing at Home, which is actually a department of Sonoma Valley Hospital that provides skilled home health to residents in their homes under doctor order, as well as Chip Allen, a local attorney. And we're all talking about our experiences with advanced care planning, both from a personal point of view as well as the people we work with. Hmm. At the end of the panel discussion, there's some Q&A, and people always have great questions Um and that's followed by hands-on help with filling out an advanced health care directive or at least starting a draft mm-hmm. while we're there. I wear two hats at this event. I'm uh, representing the hospital and what I do a lot of work with my patients on advanced care planning, but I'm also a steering committee member for a countywide group called My Care, My Plan, Speak Up Sonoma County. And that's an advanced care community initiative that's part of the health action process for the whole county, and we have support from the Human Services Department, Adult and Aging Division. I've enjoyed that for a couple years, and the goal is to have everyone 18 and older to both contemplate and communicate and document their health care wishes, which is a tall order. A lot of folks think that these things are only necessary when you have a medical issue, but it's actually the gold standard is to start at 18 and um, update it as you go. Well, now that might shock a whole lot of our listeners, the idea of starting early on to, to, you know, to let your feelings be known. And because and, many people probably, or many of our listeners, uh, I suspect anyway, may think that this, this really involves a lot of complex medicalese and a lot of complex legalese that really simply is really either not either their interest in a, in a or that they, in other words, they feel separated from a lot of the sort of, uh, power of those kinds of those systems that they, they feel separate from the medical system in a lot of ways they feel separate from the legal system in a lot of ways and what I, is, as I understand what you're doing is part of what you're doing is I guess the word empowerment would be proper you're part of what you're offering and, and, and enabling people to experience kind of on a how, how sort of straightforward this is in a lot of ways it's sort of just simply sitting down with yourself and your loved ones and, and possibly your physician and possibly your priest and possibly anybody that's germane to you and actually thinking through 
some basic thoughts that, that would then give, hence the word directions, that would hence give directions to whether they're medical people, whether they're legal people. So maybe you could talk about some of the pieces of this, the, the, the advanced directive, so our listeners could maybe feel a little bit more kindred to it in a sense that these are situations that they really, not only do they have a right to do, but that they're not, it's not beyond their capacity or, or even beyond their, their essential self-interest to, to consider these things. Right. I, I totally agree. It's, it's definitely one of those no experience needed situations right. because we, none of us can gain that um, knowledge ahead of time when we might require a healthcare advocate. And that's the main goal of having a, a healthcare directive is that you are legally, um, just because of how the form is constructed, empowering someone in the event you're unable to communicate your own wishes, you're saying, this is the right person to do this for me. Mm-hmm. And for many people, it's a spouse. For, for many people, it's a dear friend or someone that they're not related to. And you can identify who that person is that you want advocating for your health care needs if you're incapacitated. And that can be temporary. Um, and it is a way to empower them legally to be in a position to both advocate for care or refuse care or withdraw it, depending on, on what kind of situation might come up. And the the main point is that you're choosing the advocate rather than relying on ethics committees and that sort of thing. We've seen some fairly tragic things wind through the courts over the years. Um, So it's a way for you to select who's the right person. And that's why we say to revisit it over time, because who that right person in your life is can change with time. You develop new relationships and um, other things change. So the, the goal of it is to identify who would be an advocate in the event you couldn't speak for yourself, because that's when the healthcare advance directive is triggered. And then it lets you express some fairly basic information. You don't need to have medical knowledge. It talks about what do you want in the event that you're actively dying? Do you want to have your life prolonged or not prolonged by more life support style um, care, or are you interested in a more natural death? And it lets you get those things on paper so that people know what you want. And you can actually have alternate agents so that if the person you pick is not uncommon for spouses to cross a point, each appoint the other, um, and then as the couple ages, one will pass, and then the next person in line is uh, already in a place where they can step in and help, and you don't have to immediately draft a directive as part of having um, your spouse pass. But the, the goal that we have with My Care, My Plan, Speak Up Sonoma County is to, in fact, not make it just a check-the-box Right. form done, right. um, but to have the deeper conversation about what your health care desires are. And those definitely change as your condition changes. Um, mm-hmm. Aging is a beautiful thing, but it, we've also kind of invented chronic conditions. So as you do change with your health status, there's your, your wishes and, and what you think is reasonable also changes. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. important. And then there's young people who maybe haven't done it themselves, but find out that they're their parents' advocate. And they're trying to step into that role and figure out what should I be prepared to do. And I'm addressing that as part of my presentation tonight about how to be a good agent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that that's one of the things I guess I would hope some of our listeners who are younger people could possibly, and if, if, they, if they're not involved with their parents in that level and, and, or have not yet had that conversation with them, I'm hoping that some of our listeners will, are you, particularly our younger listeners who are now out of school as of this particular time, they could say, well, hey, let's, let's, if, you know, let's, 
let's drag mom or dad to this thing so we can so they they, they can understand how we need to be involved with this process this doesn't have to be just a sort of because in, in my generation of people so much of this thing this was sort of all thought of as sort of automatic you know the the sons and daughters of the older people would do would be the ones who were were you know involved and then there was we all i don't know those of us certainly at my age we've certainly lived through squabbles between sons and and daughters and who was really in charge and there's been such a nightmare of all these things and of course which is part of why the very work that you're doing has is evolved legally as well as structurally to make it possible for individuals to make these choices like you say as in advance and so it really is a really wonderful opportunity for families to to really make some and individuals to make some real conversations about all these important things and also to begin to really consider the matter of the the, the passing of either themselves or their loved ones so i i sort of we've on here in health matters uh we've had several discussions about the post and about the various advanced directives so we're that's why we're particularly eager uh to let our listeners know and to remind them that this this very evening 6 30 to 8 at the vintage house there's going to be this very literate and very organized discussion and and there the forms will i'm sure i'm sure the forms, forms are will, available forms are available and, and 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 you can learn from the the voices of people after all robbie cohen Dr. Cohen is is had as a physician at the hospital there. He deals with this day in and day out. That's oh yeah, it. and he has a lot of uh, a lot of experience to draw on to kind of ground people about right. why it's important, and and that's a beautiful thing. And I'm glad you brought up the pulse as well because that's a that's another tool for advanced care planning, which is this kind of bigger term we use. A healthcare advanced directive is specifically where you're appointing an, an agent who can act on your behalf if you're incapacitated with some indications for your healthcare preferences. And then a POLST comes into play as a complementary document to that. These don't compete. And so mm -hmm. it's important to recognize that a POLST becomes appropriate usually when there's a serious illness um, or someone has advanced age, which we, we always grow into, we hope, um, <laughs> yeah. to talk about what, you know, what kind of care is reasonable, what, the, what, what you really want to get started, and mm -hmm. what are your treatment goals for your life. Are mm -hmm. you being more selective? Are you still up for the full court press? You know, these are things you can, can work with your physician, and that's what the POLST is meant to do, is work with healthcare professionals. I help people with that as well and, mm -hmm. um, and get collaborative with your physician, but it's best to start it in the living room. Right. You know, all these conversations start in the living room. And I'll be honest, when families even have these documents, what we talk about when the crisis happens is what mom always said, or dad said he'd never do that. Right. Right. You know, they're recalling the richness of the conversation they've had. And, and I think all three of us on the, the panel, Chip Allen, myself, and Dr. Cohen, all stress communication, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that's, that's how we learn. Okay. That's how we get more sensitive to what people's you know, long-term care goals are. Great. Well, Terry McCandless, we, we just, we're out of time and we're so grateful you took a moment for us. And I urge all of our listeners who haven't completed an advanced directive, who have any interest in this topic at all, that they choose to go to the Vintage House this, this evening. And there's no charge for this presentation. As I, if, my, if, I, if I'm- That's correct. This is come on down. Absolutely, absolutely free. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good, good day. And that it is. There it is. Another edition of Health Matters. It's always a pleasure to share this hour with you. And we're happy to uh, look forward to next week where um, my guest will be the former com uh, uh, commissioner of the federal of the the FDA, the uh, Food and Drug Administration, uh, Dr. David Kessler. And uh, he's written a book, a very interesting book on on uh, 
on how it is people have mental health issues. I hope you'll tune us in. And also next week we'll be talking about the, um, the mindful movement class at the Snow Valley Hospital. So if you cannot pacify your spirit and you let your mind be complicated with desires and worries, your disease will not be cured. To be healthy, you must avoid anger and worry, keep your mind happy, your heart at ease, and your desires at low levels. That's the basic guidance of the Yellow Emperor's Classic of Internal Medicine, the basic book of Chinese medicine. Our Health Matters motto still is, healthcare isn't a noun, it's a verb. And natural medicine is, another one of our mottos is, natural medicine is to healthcare what organic food is to agriculture. So having said all that, I hope you'll tune us in again next week. Until then, I bid you well. Thank you.